Fanatics Football, a football segment of the Fantasy Fanatics Podcast. I'm your host once again, James, and I'm joined once again by Nate, Terry, and Mete. What's up, guys? Uh, yo. So, All right, in today's episode, we're just going to jump right into previewing the NFC East Division in the NFL for the 2021 season. We're going to take a look at a fantasy preview for each team and then just sort of, uh, I guess, take a deep dive into ranking uh, these teams in in pretty much every area um, and every aspect. And then um, I guess at the end, we'll just sort of project a divisional record for each team. So um, let's just hop right into the fantasy preview here. Um, we'll start with the first team, uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Mete, I'm going to start with you. I guess just give us a fantasy outlook for the quarterback position for Dallas. All right. So the outlook for the quarterback position is uh, Dak Prescott should be a top four fantasy quarterback in every league, I believe. Uh, doesn't matter if it's a deep or shallow league. Uh, I believe uh, this is true because He's loaded in weapons like he has Zeke, Tony Pollard, Mari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Gallup. Uh, and his offensive line should be healthier this year and even better than they were last season. Yeah, for sure. Um, I definitely think that um, Prescott is a top five quarterback heading into fantasy this year. And I guess we'll just uh, have to see uh, how his other weapons do. And speaking of other weapons, I'm going to get into the Cowboys running backs here. Um, I will start with Ezekiel Elliott. And in, I guess in my opinion and uh, my running back rankings, I do have Ezekiel Elliott as a mid RB1. So within that, I say five to 10 range when you're drafting running backs, uh, he's definitely really solid. I know he did have a down year last year, but in the years prior, he was pretty much a top five running back threat every year in fantasy. I believe he will return uh, to that spot uh, with a healthy offensive line and a healthy quarterback in Dak Prescott this season. Um, and then just looking at uh, his backup, Tony Pollard, um, I think on a week to week basis, he might be like an RB four. I know he'll get some work. Um, there's points in time where he might even get enough work to maybe slide in as a flex option. I guess you'll definitely have to keep an eye on him for that. But I think the main reason to draft Pollard is because he's a high end handcuff. If anything happens to Ezekiel Elliott, he'll slide right into the number one role and he'll be, I'd say a borderline RB one. So that's definitely a good reason to take a look at Tony Pollard in fantasy also. And um, I guess just moving on to the wide receivers, Nate, I'll get to you on the Cowboys fantasy receivers. Sure. So I guess I'll talk about Amari Cooper first. Um, I think last season he averaged 11.9 fantasy points per game. So I guess that would make him kind of like a wide receiver um, too. Um, that's that's without Dak Prescott coming back. So he could potentially break into um, wide, res, res, wide receiver one. So he's like a wide receiver two with wide receiver one potential. Um, I guess CeeDee Lamb, he's also a pretty um, solid wide receiver two as well. And I guess for um, Michael Gallup, it kind of – Depends how deep you want to go with um, your wide receivers. I guess you could put him as maybe, um, I guess, a wide receiver on a on the bench. All right. Yeah. And um, 
I think all three receivers are draftable. They're solid. Um, like you said, Gallup, it, I guess it just depends on the league. I guess shallow leagues, you could be more of a bench receiver. And then for uh, more deeper leagues, you could probably see him slide into like wide receiver f- three, like flex type role. I mean, considering the amount of offense this team put up last year before Prescott went down, I think all rece- all three receivers should be very useful in fantasy. And uh, just getting to you, Terry, I guess, on the tight end situation for the Cowboys. With the tight end situation, I mean, the only guy at the moment that comes to mind is probably Blake Jarwin. Uh, Mente can easily fact check me on any of these things just because he's a Cowboy fan and he'll probably know better than me. So, I mean, he's coming off a season-ending injury back in 2020. And Blake Jarwin has been most likely going to be a tight end two at, in most current leagues. So probably around 12 teams. Uh, with the QB situation down in Dallas, you hope to draft Jarwin probably as a late uh, tight end. Just to hope for a backup that can be a boomer bust type of player. But outside of that, I can't really see Dalton Schultz becoming that uh, lead tight end down in Dallas just as of yet. Yeah, for sure. I think Blake Jarwin's one of those guys that, you know, you draft him. And I guess if your tight end has an injury or a bye week, you can kind of just slot him in. And he should be pretty decent. He definitely has touchdown upside as well. Um, Let's just move to the next team. We'll move to the New York Giants. Uh, This time, uh, Terry, I will start with you. I guess just sort of hammer out the quarterback situation for fantasy. Uh, Daniel Jones for the New York Giants. Uh, back in 2020 campaign, Daniel Jones had an interesting year to say the least. Around 29,000 passing yards, around 10 touchdowns, 10 and uh, 11 interceptions, or something like that. And I see Jones holding on to the starting job down in East Rutherford for at least another year as a quarterback, too, maybe in regular leagues and for deep leagues outside of maybe 14 teams and 16 team leagues, maybe a quarterback one, borderline quarterback two range. And then the super shallow leagues, I say waiver wire. So unless, uh, who's the backup down there right now? Can't really remember it. Mike Glendening probably. Unless he makes some noise, I don't really see him holding on to a job right now. Yeah, I think Daniel Jones is pretty much the only guy that's worth drafting in their quarterback situation. Um, I think he's just... um, you know, he's one of those guys that he's sort of, like you said, borderline QB2 um, waiver wire. Um, he's really going to need a breakout uh, similar to what he had in his rookie year, I guess, to be very fantasy relevant. Um, I guess, Mete, I'll get to you now on on the Giants running backs for fantasy. All right. So I looked at two running backs. The first one, obviously, was Saquon Barkley. Uh, I believe he's a top five fantasy running back for sure. Uh, it's just the injury concern I have with him and honestly if you're in a deep or shallow league he should be a your running back one every week uh and yeah the only concern I have with him is the injury uh I feel like he's been hurt every single season he's been in the league and then the second running back I looked at I looked at uh Gary Brightwell the rookie uh I believe he'll see more snaps as the season progresses and then I usually like gambling on rookies because uh, they'll get more snaps later in the season. Uh, In the beginning, though, they might not be playing too much. And then, honestly, I didn't really like the other Giants running backs behind Saquon. So I think Gary Brightwell would be the 
best option to pick if you're in a deep league outside of Saquon? I guess uh, Devontae Booker just should be left on the waiver wire. And I guess if anything happened to Saquon, I guess you like Gary Brightwell over Booker. Yeah, uh, like I was saying, I usually like gambling on the rookies more. And I'm not the biggest fan of Devontae Booker, so I went with him. All right, and um, I'll just take a look at the Giants wide receivers. Uh, For fantasy, this wide receiver room is one of the fullest, I'd say, in football. Um, definitely a lot of options here. So let's just sort of sort through all of them. Uh, first is Kenny Galladay, their big um, free agent acquisition. Um, I'd sort of slot him as a mid to low end wide receiver too. I think that um, if he had stayed with the Lions, he might be a little bit higher than that. Um, it's just that he's going to be sharing a quite a bit of a workload with a, a lot of the other uh, wideouts there. So um, it is possible that he does finish higher than that, but I think um, he's really going to have to get targeted over all the other receivers for that to happen um and then i'll just move to sterling shepherd he was technically the wide receiver one on this team last year um but i guess for fantasy with galladay coming in i sort of see him as a, a fantasy wide receiver five um he just uh he needs the targets targets were one of the things that he always had last year um with galladay coming in obviously that target share goes down a little bit he was averaging around seven or eight targets per game last year might drop to around five or six it's really tough to see consistent production with that uh Darius Slayton I have him around low end wide receiver five also just because uh he has that big play upside um he definitely can take four to five targets and turn it into the same production as Shepard would with that uh six or seven targets so um he's definitely someone that you can look at um if he's targeted well and uh, I guess the fourth guy I'll look at is the rookie Kadarius Tony. Um, he is projected to play in the slot this year. Um, I guess he would be also a low end wide receiver five wide receiver six if he starts in the slot or else I'd probably just not draft him in redraft leagues. I'd only draft him in dynasty leagues. And then I guess John Ross and Dante Pettis, I just wouldn't draft pretty much in any fantasy format. I think they can be left on the waiver wire. So um and then I guess just getting to you, Nate, on the um, Giants tight end situation for fantasy. So I guess um, with tight ends, it's important to say that um, they most of them have, um, I guess, problems with targets. But I guess um, Evan Ingram, he's one of the tight ends that he gets a decent amount of targets, I guess, for a tight end. I think he got... 109 targets last season. Um, he got, I think, 6.8 fantasy points per game, but um, Daniel Jones was injured. So assuming Daniel Jones is fully healthy, um, Ingram's production is going to incre- increase as well. So I would say he's kind of like a tight end too. He's probably going to have a lot of um, spikes in his production as well. And I guess the other tight end, Kyle Rudolph, um, I I would say um, maybe not um, draft him outright. Try to look at the waiver wire week to week and see if there's a favorable uh, matchup. And uh, there, you might have a chance if you like pick him up on the waiver wire. He might like have like a good uh, a week. But other than that, I would say try not to uh, draft him. 
Yeah, I think I can agree with that. I think Kyle Rudolph is pretty much past his prime at this point. He's just there more of a blocking tight end. Um, he'll definitely factor in the red zone like he did in Minnesota. But I think other than that, Evan Ingram is sort of the guy to go with. Um, I guess just moving now uh, to the Philadelphia Eagles, um, I guess I'll start uh, with their quarterback situation. Um, just taking a look at Jalen Hurts. I know he's pretty unproven, I guess, when it comes to um, playing quarterback. But uh, from the sample size I saw last season, I do believe that he is a low-end QB1 for his rushing upside. I think that if you're in a standard 12-team league, you can just go ahead and draft this guy as your first quarterback. Uh, He definitely um, has a safe floor with with the rushing totals that he can get. And then I think um, if he can add passing into that, he actually has a top five fantasy upside. I know a lot of times guys in the top five don't always finish there. So he definitely has a chance if he has a similar breakout season to what Lamar had or Cam Newton had in their breakout years, he can definitely move into the top five. Um, so he's definitely someone that you can look at uh, as your QB one for fantasy. Um, and then in terms of Joe Flacco, um, if anything happens to Jalen Hurts, he'd be a streaming quarterback at most. I don't see Flacco really being that fantasy relevant. He'd more be like a bi-week kind of guy. Um, And then I guess uh, moving into uh, the running backs, um, I will get to you, Nate. Um, What do the Eagles have for fantasy running backs? So I guess I'll talk about um, Miles Sanders first. Um, He's going to be the starter um, for Philadelphia as of right now. I think um, last season he got 13 fantasy points per game, but he, I believe he was also injured. He only played for um, 12 games. So and assuming he's fully healthy and he can play more than um, 15 games, he should see an increase in his production. Um, I guess he's kind of like an RB2. And I guess for the, the other uh, running backs, for example, like, um, Boston Scott, Scott or uh, Karrion Johnson, they're mostly, I guess, just um, uh, waiver wire pickups. And for Kenny Gainwell, um, it's kind of hard to say um, how good he'll be since um, he's a rookie. So I guess I would say, I guess, waiver wire pickup as well, mostly because I'm conservative on rookies. But he is also a backup RB, so if you want, you can maybe take him as like an RB3 or a flex option RB. All right, yeah, I think that um, Gainwell is definitely a guy that can steal some touches near the end of the season and, yeah, become uh, maybe an RB3 flex option, similar to what Boston Scott was last season. Um, I think that um, guys like you mentioned carry on Johnson, Jordan, I think even Jordan Howard too, they're pretty much just waiver wire options at this point. Uh, I think Miles Sanders and Kenneth Gainwell are probably the main two guys that you should be targeting. Um, and then I guess just getting to the Eagles wideouts, Terry, I'll get to you on the fantasy relevant ones. Well, three main guys I looked forward to Devontae Smith, former Alabama Tide star wideout. He had Hymas in the trophy winning season last year probably at around 115-ish reps, 1,800 passing yards, probably around 23, 22 touchdowns as a result of uh, He's got drafted, I believe, 10th overall. 
and just look to Devontae Smith to be the first uh, wideout off the charts when it comes to Philly. I probably expect him to be probably a wideout three, wideout four going into fantasy drafts. Jalen Rager is my second guy uh, with the injuries this past season, uh, as well as his subpar play for a first-round talent. Some people might look the other way on draft night. And with the new head coach and the QB down in Philly, this could either mean a second chance for him or the doghouse to us not knowing the use of reach, uh, usage rate for uh, Jalen Rager. And to me, he's probably a flex in my opinion. Third guy is probably like a guy you might want to keep an eye on for the waiver wire. And that's Travis Fulgham. Uh, for a stretch of fantasy last year, he was probably like a top six option. And then the head coach decided not to give him any reps. So, and I can respectively say he was probably the easiest, well, not easiest, but the best wide out on the Eagles. But with the addition of Devontae Smith and Jalen Rager ahead of him on the depth charts, his work might be cut out. So just be aware of that on the waiver wire. Yeah, absolutely. I think that those are the three more talented receivers. I know Greg Ward's there. Um, Ortega Whiteside's sort of been a disappointment for this team and others. But yeah, I think you pretty much covered the main guys. And then I guess for uh, Eagles tight ends, Mete, I'll just get to you for that. All right. So I looked at the two tight ends for them. The first one was Dallas Goddard. Uh, I believe he's going to have a huge breakout year this season because um, I'm thinking that Zach Ertz won't be playing for them this season. So it should leave him as tight end one on the Eagles roster. And then I think he'll be a top five tight end option in all leagues. Uh, he should be your tight end one. And he's also got the easiest schedule this year. So that's actually, that's working in his favor as well. And then the second tight end I looked at was Richard Rogers. Uh, he did a great job last season. I think he started a couple games for them. Uh, I believe Goddard and Ertz were hurt. So he was starting for them and he actually did really good. Uh, and Philadelphia, they usually like running two tight ends as well because they've been running Goddard and Ertz for a couple of years now at least. And then, uh, so I think there will be targets for Rogers there, uh, even as him uh, being a tight end two. Um, well, I guess he's tight end three right now with Ertz, but it doesn't look like Ertz is going to play for play for the Eagles. So I think these two are uh, fantasy relevant for sure. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Uh, Dallas Goddard should be the number one guy here. I guess my only question to ask you is if Zach Ertz does somehow fix things and return, um, does he sort of fall behind Dallas Goddard now? Do you think Goddard is sort of the main guy or do you think Ertz can come back and just be the, the top guy? Yeah, I think they should be starting Goddard, honestly. Um, Zach Ertz has been declining now for a couple of years, so why not go with the young guy and see if he can break out? Yeah, I think I can definitely agree with that. I think it's Dallas Goddard's position to lose at this point. I think he's sort of the main guy. Um, that's definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, let's just move over to the Washington football team. Um, Nate, this time I will start with you um, on their quarterback situation for fantasy. So it looks like as of right now, um, Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be the starter for the Washington football team. Um I think he is a really good uh, leader and uh, he had some, I guess, pretty 
um, decent, I guess, fantasy points per game uh, with Miami. I think both in 2020 and in 2019, I think he got 17 in 2020 and 16 in 2019. So um, I feel like it might be a little, it's going to be a little bit um, higher than that. So I think um, he should be a QB two. Yeah, I definitely think so. I think that, um, especially in that offense, um, he's going to be given more opportunity. I feel like in Miami, they're sort of trying to get Tua in the lineup. So he was sort of playing, I guess, fractions of games, which is maybe why his points per game kind of came down a little bit. You're right, it should have been a little bit higher. So I definitely agree with that. And then, um, Terry, I guess just getting to you on uh, the Washington running backs for fantasy. Uh, Washington football team, relevant running backs for fantasy. Easily Antonio Gibson, excellent rusher for the football team last year. Uh, probably had around 800 yards, 11 touchdowns, something like that. Easily a running back one, running back two in a majority of fantasy leagues. And then with J.D. McKissick, uh, interesting target for draft night. He's a flex option possibly at best just because of his receiving upside. Since you don't really see Antonio Gibson get a lot of passing reps, Having said that, he will be added if Gibson needs to miss some time in the upcoming year. So knock on wood just for that. Uh, besides that, that's all I see. Peyton Barber, uh, leave on the waiver wire. Same goes with Lamar Miller. Yeah, I definitely think so. I think that uh, J.D. McKissick, I think he was like a RB2 slash 3 last season. But I know Alex Smith was definitely checking the ball down a lot more. I know Fitzpatrick is one of those guys that likes to stretch the field a little bit. So I feel like... Uh, you're right about him just being sort of a flex option at best. Um, and then uh, definitely moving um, into the Washington wideouts. Uh, Matty, I'll get to you for that. All right, so I looked at three wideouts. Number one was Terry McLaurin. Uh, we saw what he did last season. He's an amazing receiver. He had a great year. Uh, and I feel like he should, be, uh, ben- he should benefit from more uh, consistent quarterback play. As last year, Washington started Dwayne Caskins, Kyle Allen, Alex Smith. They had a lot of different starters, so it's hard to get chemistry going with the quarterback when you don't know who you're playing with usually. And then I think for fantasy, he should be a wide receiver one in deep leagues. Uh, in shallow leagues, he's probably more of a wide receiver two, but that doesn't mean he's a bad receiver. He's a very good receiver. And then Curtis Samuel, I think he's interesting to look at as in Carolina, they ran a lot of trick plays with him, actually. So they did things like jet sweeps where they're handing the ball off to him. And so he's got rushing upside. And if Washington chooses to use him the same way, he'll be giving you some rushing yards as well. Uh, In deep leagues, he's probably like a wide receiver three on your bench or Probably you could flex him if uh, he has a favorable matchup. And that's depending if uh, the football team gives him a big role. And then in shallow leagues, he's probably going to be a waiver wire pickup. And then I looked at Diami Brown. Uh, He's listed as the second slot receiver on the team. So he's a rookie. And like I was saying before, I like taking chances on rookies and Especially in deep leagues, uh, 
it's like you got nothing to lose, especially if you're um, picking them later in the draft. Uh, I, I wasn't really feeling their other wide receivers on the depth chart, so this is why I went with Deami Brown. I think he'd be, he'll be the third best Washington football team receiver this season. And if your league isn't that deep, you can just leave him on the waiver wire and uh, monitor, monitor the situation and see if he's getting reps. Yeah, I think you covered the main options there. I know guys like Cam Sims and others are just not very consistent. I know Adam Humphreys is there too. He's sort of on the back end of his career. So um, I think you pretty much covered every option there. Um, I'm going to go to the tight ends for the Washington football team. Um, the only guy I really have is Logan Thomas. Um, I think we can pretty much agree. I know last year he was a tight end one. I think he's going to be a tight end one again. Um, maybe more on the low end side because I think there will be some breakout tight ends this season. Um, definitely safe to draft. He can be your main tight end. Uh, you can pretty much rely on him every week, especially uh, since we know Fitzpatrick does target tight ends. We saw what he did with both, um, I guess, Kasiki in, in Miami and then guys like um, Cameron Brait there in Tampa. We know that they always got targets when Fitzpatrick was playing quarterback. So um, uh, I'll definitely uh, bank on Logan Thomas for that. And then I guess any other tight ends on this team is pretty much just stay away um, unless Logan Thomas has an injury. And then I guess you can monitor maybe a guy like Ricky Seals Jones, but I guess other than that, uh, pretty much stay away for the rest. So I think that's pretty much our fantasy preview for all four teams. Uh, let's just sort of move into our main preview where we break down each team. Um, I guess we'll, once again, go through the categories, quarterbacks, skill positions, offensive line, front seven, secondary, special teams, and coaching. And we'll sort of see uh, which teams are sort of shaping out to be uh, better this coming season. So um, this time, Mete, I'll start with you. Um, I guess give me your breakdown for quarterbacks in this division. All right. So my rankings for quarterbacks, I went Dallas 1, Washington 2, Philadelphia 3, and then New York 4. So for Dallas... Uh, I believe Dak is miles ahead of uh, the best quarterback in the division. He's just so far ahead of all the other starters, but the backup depth is lacking. Uh, but I think that uh, Dak is way too good, so he carries them to number one. And then number two, I have the Washington football team. Um, Fitzpatrick is a really solid quarterback. Uh I know everyone's like, oh, he's a journeyman, but he gets the job because all those teams think he's good, you know? So I don't know, more than 25% of the league he's been on now, they all believe he's a good quarterback and he can play. And then they also have Taylor Heineke, who had a really great game uh, against the Buccaneers in the wild card. So he can play. And also Kyle Allen started for them last season. Uh, so they've got a good depth for uh, quarterback. That's why I put them at two. And then number three, I went with Philadelphia. Um, I don't think Jalen Hurts is better than uh, Daniel Jones, but I went with the uh, Eagles because let's say Hurts gets hurt or he's playing poorly. They have uh, Joe Flacco who can step in. They also have Nick Mullins, so they've got decent depth. And then the Giants – like I was saying, I think Jones is better than Hurts, but I put them last because their depth wasn't as good as they have Mike Glennon as their backup. 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, definitely some good points made there. And I guess, Nate, getting to you, I guess, what do you think about the quarterbacks in this division? Uh, so I think um, for quarterbacks, uh, the Cowboys definitely have the best quarterback in the division with uh, Dak Prescott. He's potentially top five, maybe even um, higher. And um, Fitzpatrick, I think he's the second best quarterback in this uh, division. He's a really good leader. Um, he helped Miami get a really good record um, last last year before, I guess, he was untraded. And um, I put the Eagles three and the Giants four. Um, I think uh, Jalen Hurts, even though he's not as good of a passer as Daniel Jones, I feel like he has kind of like a higher ceiling, if that makes sense, because he only started for four games. He threw for like a thousand yards. He can, um, and he can run as well. And Daniel Jones, he's been injured. So we haven't really been, been able to see his full potential. So it's kind of hard to say with Daniel Jones. So you said you have, uh, was it Jones at three and Hertz at four? Um, I had, um, I think I had the Giants at four and the Eagles at three. Okay. And then, um, yeah, I'll just take a look at the quarterbacks. Uh, definitely Dallas, number one, for all the reasons you guys explained. Dak Prescott, um, he definitely stepped into his own uh, last year and really proved a lot of the haters wrong. Um, he's definitely the top quarterback in this division. And then I have the Washington football team at second for all the reasons you guys mentioned. Ryan Fitzpatrick, um, if anything happens with him, Taylor Heineke, Kyle Allen. Um, and then I have the Giants at number three. And I guess the reason I have them at number three is this is pretty much Daniel Jones's last chance. Um, if he doesn't work out and they don't make the playoffs, they will probably move on from him next season. So I feel like under the pressure, he will have a better year. I know, I think, Nate, you mentioned injuries to Daniel Jones. That's definitely been an issue for him early on in his career. The offensive line has also been another issue for him. I think he's a, a pretty good quarterback. He just needs to put all the pieces together. And I think this is the year that he's finally going to do it. So I have him at number three. And then number four, I have Jalen Hurts. Uh, I might have had him ahead of Daniel Jones. I guess I have him lower because of less experience. And I think someone mentioned Joe Flacco as well. He's definitely a good backup. Uh, so I have the Eagles at number four. And I guess I'll get to you, Terry, on the quarterbacks. Uh, I guess everyone can agree that Dak is the best quarterback out of these four. Um, with two and three, I actually put, uh, I believe, Jalen Hurts second. Just due to the fact that uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's getting up there in age. I believe he's probably around 30, maybe 39. And having said that, not everyone can be Tom Brady with playing uh, pretty much at a high pace or not high pace, but a high level so late into their career. So I got Hurts there. Uh, Fitzpatrick third, and then I got Daniel Jones in fourth. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's just get to the skill positions now for this division. This time, Nate, I'm going to start with you. I guess uh, which teams you see uh, are better in the skill positions? Uh, so I guess for skill positions, I just looked at um, reception and rush totals um, for each team. Although you should keep in mind that uh, roster changes might affect their rankings a little bit. I didn't really take that into account too much. 
for example, Saquon Barkley being fully healthy would boost the Giants by a couple of spots or something like that. So for um, Rush, I put, I think, Eagles first, um, Cowboys second, Giants third, and Washington fourth. And then for receptions, Cowboys were first, Washington was second, Eagles were third, and Giants were fourth. So uh, for, I guess, like an overall skill position look, I think uh, Cowboys... I'd put them the first because they have, I think, the best combination of both rushing and um, catching. And I put the Eagles seconds, uh, Washington third, and the Giants fourth. But with if Saquon Barkley is fully healthy, the Giants could be third or even second. All right. Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess um, I was uh, ranking mine a little bit different. I maybe should have taken a look at last year's. I didn't use last year's rush totals and receiving totals as much. I just went sort of off the depth chart. I just looked at running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, just to see uh, which team had the strongest roster. And um, I put the Eagles or sorry, I put the the Giants at number one. Um, I just felt like uh, with Saquon Barkley, a running back, um, they've got like a like four really solid wide receivers. You got Galladay, Slayton, um, Shepard, and then they drafted Kadarius Tony. And then at tight end, they have both Ingram and Rudolph. I feel like that they just have a lot of pieces there. And I guess just overall, um, in my opinion, they're first for skill positions. I have the Cowboys at second uh, with guys like Ezekiel Elliott. You got Cooper Gallup and uh, C.D. Lamb there. Um, and then the tight end position is a little weak. Uh, Blake Jarwin hasn't played in pretty much a full season. And Dalton Schultz had sort of mixed results last year. So kind of didn't know what to think for that. So I had the Cowboys at second. I guess for third, I had the Eagles uh, with guys like uh, Devontae Smith at wide receiver, uh, Jalen Rager, uh, Travis Fulgham, and then you got Miles Sanders at running back. And then you got the tight end duo of uh, Zach Ertz uh, if he stays. And then um, uh, definitely uh, Dallas Goddard. So I had them at three. And then I guess I had the Washington football team at four. Um, they are pretty solid. Um, I, I just didn't feel like they were better than a lot of the other teams. Uh, guys like Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel at wideout. I uh, definitely had Logan Thomas at tight end. And then Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick at running back. So uh, that's sort of how I felt for the skill positions. And then I guess, uh, Terry, I'll just get to you next for skill positions. Skill position, I believe I had Cowboys first, Washington football team second, Giants third, and then probably Eagles at third, I mean fourth. Um, Cowboys don't really need to explain that much. Amari Gallup, uh, Lamb, and then you got Zeke. Uh, Washington football team, you got uh, Gibson, McLaurin, and Logan Thomas. I believe Giants, Saquon Barkley, their wideout core, and then the two tight ends that you guys always mention. And then with Philly, uh, yes, you have Miles Sanders, but then the wide receiver core outside of Devontae Smith, a little bit lacking. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's a pretty interesting uh, take you had there. I think Washington, I uh, was sleeping on them a little bit, uh, definitely should be giving them a little bit more credit. And then I guess just getting to you, Mete, for your look at the um, skill positions. Yeah, so I have Cowboys at first. They've got the best wide receivers. I think they've got the best running back in Elliott. And then their tight end is kind of weak, but that's okay. And then the Giants were number two for me. Uh, they really upgraded their wide receivers this year. They got Galladay, John Ross, Kadarius Tony, 
They also have a great running back in Saquon Barkley and uh, even Evan Ingram. He's a decent tight end, so they're well-rounded. And then for number three, I went with Washington. Uh, they upgraded their wide receivers with Curtis Samuel and Deami Brown. They got Antonio Gibson, who I think will be even better than last season. And then uh, Logan Thomas was a great tight end last season. I think it was the first time he's played tight end full time. So he should get better as well. And then for Philadelphia, they're fourth for me. Uh, I think their wide receivers are weakest in the division. And then their running back is probably the weakest as well. Miles Sanders is good, but... I think he's probably the fourth out of all the starting running backs in the division. And then the depth behind them is also not too great. And then uh, they probably have the best tight end in the division, though, in Dallas Goddard. I think he's going to have a huge breakout year, like I was saying before. Yeah, for sure. Uh, definitely um, some good uh, skill position players in this division. Um, let's just move sort of the, to the offensive line. Um, I guess this time I'll just start uh, here. Um, I do have uh, Philadelphia Eagles at number one, and let me make a case for it. Uh, this team was just really banged up last season. Um, guys like Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, uh, Brandon Brooks, uh, all healthy for this season, uh, really solid guys up front. I know they drafted Landon Dickerson to sort of slot in on the left side. So this line should be very solid, should be similar to a line uh, that performed really well uh, during their Super Bowl run. Um, this will definitely boost the stock of Jalen Hurts if we're sort of expecting a breakout from him. So I do have the Eagles at number one. I have the um, Dallas Cowboys at number two. And the reason being, I know uh, guys like uh, Tyron Smith and Zach Martin are getting older, but they're very solid, sort of a, they, they shore up both the left and the right side for this team. Uh, I guess definitely drafting um, uh, Matt uh, Farniuk in um, this year's draft as uh, sort of a guy that can just sort of step in there at the left side. Um, I mean, this team, they've always been solid. They've always had Pro Bowl uh, guards and tackles. So um, I have to put them at number two. Um, I have the Washington football team at number three. Um, this is an improving offensive line. It might not be exactly where we want it to be. Um, definitely uh, getting a guy like Eric Flowers, um, guys like Cornelius Lucas. Uh, they drafted Samuel Cosme. Um, they definitely have a lot of good young pieces here. Um, this line's going to keep getting better and better, so I have them at number three. Um, and then at number four, I have the New York Giants. I know that they've struggled on their offensive line for a few years now. Uh, we're still waiting for a guy like Andrew Thomas to sort of break out and be the main guy there. Um, and then I guess just other guys um, on this lineup that just really have not performed uh, to their best effort. I feel like this line still needs to improve a little bit. So I have them at number four. Um, Terry, I'm going to get to you next on the offensive lines. With the offensive line, uh, I believe I had Cowboys first, Washington football team second, Eagles third, Giants fourth. With the Giants, uh, I mean, they're going to have to hope for both of their uh, youngsters. Not even youngsters, but they got to hope for their best to play well and then their youngsters to play well just to have this offensive line be a middle of the pack team. Uh, with the Eagles, uh, 
you got to rid of the offensive line that can possibly get better from last year just because they have the talent. But they do have a couple of pieces that are getting older. Uh, for example, Jason Kelsey, even though he is considered one of the best offensive centers in the league, and Lane Johnson. With the Washington football team, I believe they're interesting surprise from last year. They improved that tackle positions with uh, Charles Lino, who is consistent. Morgan Moss did get released, so they're going to allow their second-rounder, uh, Samuel Cosme, to take the reins. So let's see what happens there. And then with the Cowboys, um, they dealt with a lot of injuries, just like the Eagles, but they do have the line to make up for it. Zach Martin, Tyron Smith, Dale Collins, they're all important to this Cowboys, for the Cowboys' wins this year. The big question you could probably say is at their center position, but outside of that, I feel like they're the most stout out of the four. Yeah, for sure. And then Mete, just getting to you, I guess, on who you see for the offensive line. Yeah, for offensive line, I went Dallas one. Uh, I know they had a terrible season last year, but um, Zach Martin and Tyron Smith were injured like almost the whole year. So even Lyle Collins was hurt at one point. So I getting those three back is huge for the line as it should help Zeke run better because he also had a rough season last season. And then Dak will also have uh, time to throw. And then for number two, I went with Washington. Uh, they actually have a very solid offensive line. They have guys like Brandon Scherf, uh, Chase Roulier, Wes Scheitzer, who had a, a great seasons last year. And then they got Eric Flowers back, which is a great addition. Uh, I know he had a rough start to the beginning of his career but now that he's been moved to guard he's been really good actually and then uh for three I had Philadelphia um this was actually really close with uh Philadelphia and Washington for me but I ended up going with Washington uh at number two uh like you guys were going over the names uh guys like Lane Johnson and Kelsey they've been there for quite a while now uh one thing that will help them this season is getting Brandon Brooks back. Um, he was injured last season, so that's going to be big for them. And then I have a injury-prone concern for most of their – actually, not even just their offensive line. I feel like every season they've got one of the longest IR lists in the, in the league usually. And then for number four, I went with New York Giants. Um, Honestly, I don't have much to say with them. They were probably one of the worst O-lines in the league last season, and it looks like it'll be the same this year. Yeah, it's pretty tough with the Giants, I think. Just um, they really need some of these young guys to step up or else it could be a rough year for them. But, uh, Nate, I'll just finish up with you on the offensive lines. So for offensive line, I looked mostly at um, sacks allowed. So in terms of that, I put, I think, the Cowboys first, the Giants second, even though they don't necessarily do the best job. But when it comes to preventing sacks, they're really good at that. I think Washington third and the Eagles fourth. Yeah, I think the Eagles really were hurt bad last year because of their injuries. I um I think they should be better this year. I feel like um, you mentioned uh, Brooks is coming back. So that's definitely uh, something to look forward to for them. 
And I think we were mostly in consensus about Dallas being near the top. I feel like that they have one of the better offensive lines in the league. But all right, let's just move on to the front seven. And uh, Terry, I'll start with you. I guess uh, who do you see being better in this division? Uh, the front sevens, I got to rank Washington football team, uh, New York Giants, Dallas Cowboys, and then Philadelphia Eagles. With the football team, you don't really got that much to say. First off, you got Chase Young, uh, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, Monte Sweat. Then you just drafted Jamin Davis, uh, I believe probably 100 tackles in 10 games. And then I believe guys like Cole Holcomb, he's been consistently improving over the past two years, so you got to look forward to that. Um, with the Giants, they're middle-of-the-pack defense with, I believe, um, Leonard Williams and Austin Johnson. Those two guys are probably one of the better defensive tackle duos in the NFL. Uh, they'll have to rely on second rounder, I believe, Aziz Ojari. I'm sorry if I butchered that. <laughs> um, to, on the defensive end, and having said that, I believe a guy was returning from last year. I believe his name was Blake Martinez. He did a great job last year in the past coverage and with rough stuffings, uh, rush stuffing. So we got to look forward to that. I believe with the Cowboys, on the other hand, uh, their linebacker core, Michael Parsons and Kelvin Joseph, they're going to be interesting additions. Just the guys like Van Esch Lawton, I forgot his name, but you get what I'm about to say. And hopefully they get it together on the defensive line. With Phil Lee, on the other hand, they have a nice defensive core on the defensive line. Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave, excellent guys on the team. And then I believe they added another, another pass rusher. Um, can't remember off the top of my head, but they're going to do great. Yeah, I think you were referring to Leighton Van Der Esch, but uh, yeah, I know it's it's all good. Um, I guess, uh, Mete, I'll just get to you on that note. I guess, uh, who do you see for defensive front seven? All right, so for one, I went with Washington. I mean, I don't have to say much. They've got probably one of the best, maybe second best uh, defensive line in the league. Uh I think their linebackers need a little bit of help, though. So that's why um, their front seven is good, but it's not uh, great. And then number two is Philadelphia for me. They also have a great defensive line. Um, they got guys like Derek Barnett, Brandon Graham. Uh, also, I didn't really like their linebackers too much, so I thought they need help there as well. And then number three, I got the New York Giants. Uh um, reoccurring theme here, great D-line, but um, weak linebackers. So they got guys like Dexter Lawrence on the line who are really holding it down, but their linebackers aren't too great. And then for four, I have Dallas. Uh, honestly, they've got talent in the line and linebacker position. It's just for some reason they're not – whenever it comes uh, time to play the games, we're – Defense is usually so lost, and I don't really know what's going on. But they do have talent, so hopefully Dan Quinn can help turn the defense around this season. 
Yeah, I was just going to mention that now that they have Dan Quinn, this defense might be a little bit more organized. I know that Atlanta always had great front sevens. Uh, they usually generated a lot of pressure. Um, so I think definitely uh, that could be uh, one thing that could improve for uh, Dallas. But uh, Nate, just getting to you for your defensive front sevens. So for uh, front sevens, I looked at, I think, opposing rush yards, opposing rush touchdowns, sacks, uh, tackles, and there's a stat called fumble reception. So basically, if you uh, cause a fumble and then you take possession of the ball, then that's, I think, a fumble reception. So for opposing uh, rush yards, um. I guess I guess I'll just talk about like just in in general. Um, Washington was like first in I guess multiple. They were either first or near the top in multiple categories. Um, so I put them at uh, one. Uh, Giants. They were the they. I think they were first in opposing um, rush yards. I think they had the least and they had the least amount of rushing touchdowns. They were a little bit low on the other categories, but. Overall, I think they have a really good front seven. And Eagles, I put um, third, and Cowboys, I put fourth. Yeah, I think uh, in terms of ranking these front sevens, there's so many different ways to rank them. I think that they all can finish first in different um, statistics. I feel like that um, the front sevens in this division are pretty close. Um, so I did put the Eagles at number one. I know someone listed off all the names there. Uh, guys like uh, Fletcher Cox, uh, Javon Hargrave, Brandon Graham, um, Derek Barnett, um, you know, just going through the names there. Obviously, a lot of Pro Bowl names there, a lot of Super Bowl uh, level names there. So I had them at number one. They've always been great at stopping the run and uh, causing a lot of turnovers. Um, I definitely had the Washington football team at number two, Chase Young, obviously a, a stud there at defensive end. Uh, definitely looking at the rest of this team, Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen. Uh, definitely uh, this team uh, is really solid overall uh, in the front seven. Um, I decided to put Cowboys at number three just because of the high-end talent they have here. I believe Dan Quinn will sort of be able to bring this talent together uh, to create a good front seven. Uh, they have guys on this line like Demarcus Lawrence, uh, Randy Gregory, uh, Micah Parsons. They just drafted. They just drafted uh, a few other guys as well: uh, Chauncey Galston, um, Quinton Bohanna, and uh, I don't even know how to pronounce this guy's name. Odigazua. Um, but yeah, he, uh, he should be really solid as well. He's drafted in the third round. Um, and then just looking sort of at the linebackers that they already have, Leighton Vander Esch, um, they have uh, Keanu Neal, uh, Jalen Smith. Um, I mean, they, they even drafted Jabril Cox. Um, they got him as pretty much a steal in the draft. So I think um, this is a much improved front seven, in my opinion. So I have them at number three. Uh, the Giants had a pretty decent front seven in terms of um, stopping the run. Um, they did pretty well last year. The only reason I have them at fourth is because they haven't really been able to generate a lot of pressure. Um, I know they have guys uh, on this lineup uh, like Leonard Williams, uh, Dexter Lawrence. Um, they, they definitely um, have guys like Lorenzo Carter. Um, they drafted Aziz Ojolari. So um, definitely this team is, uh, they're getting better. Um, I just still don't see them, I guess, at the level of the other three. 
Um, but I guess in certain categories, like um, stopping the run, they, they would probably be one of the best in this division. But yeah, I have the Giants at number four. Um, just moving into secondary now, uh, Mete, this time I'm going to start with you. I guess uh, in this division, who do you like for uh, their secondary? I believe the best secondary in this division is the New York Giants. Um, they're really well-rounded, actually. Uh, they have a good cornerback duo in James Bradbury and Adoree Jackson. And then their safeties are also really solid in Logan Ryan and Jabril Peppers. And then for number two, I went with Washington. Um, they also have a great secondary. Um, they're most talented players are Kendall Fuller and Landon Collins, I believe. And I think they're missing around two cornerbacks and one more safety to become a really good secondary. And then um, number three, I went with Philadelphia. They have a good duo in Devontae Maddox and Darius Slay, but their safeties are kind of lacking. And then number four, I went with Dallas again. Uh, it's just hard to trust the Dallas defense after the season they had last season. Um, Trayvon Diggs and Donovan Wilson were good players for the secondary. They made a lot of plays, but outside of those two, I'm not sure who's going to be making plays for the secondary. Yeah, I think them losing Byron Jones was pretty rough last season. I feel like that he was probably the best playmaker on that secondary. But uh, Nate, just getting to you, I guess, for who did you feel had the best secondary? So for secondaries, I looked at um, opposing QB completion, uh, interceptions, and interception touchdowns. So for, I guess, I'll just talk about the totals again. Um, Washington was first in all three of the categories, so I put them first. Um, Giants, they were second in terms of interceptions, and they were third in both interception touchdowns and Opposing QB completions, I put them second. Um, Cowboys were, I think, third in, in getting interceptions. They were second in opposing QB completion, and they were last in interception touchdowns, so I put them third. And the Eagles, they were second in um, interception touchdowns, but they were last in the other category, so I put them fourth. Yeah, um, I think that the secondaries are uh, really improving in this division. I know that uh, there were uh, a lot of holes in these defenses, but I think teams are really improving. Um, sort of following along Mete's wavelength, I think I have the Giants at number one. Um, I just really like this team. You mentioned James Bradbury, Adoree Jackson. Um, I mean, two solid uh, corners. Um, and then looking at the safeties, Jabril Peppers, Logan Ryan, Xavier McKinney. Um, this team's really solid. Um, I think uh, this year it's going to be pretty tough, I guess, for opposing quarterbacks to get completions against this team. Um, I think this defense, or especially the secondary, should play really well. I think for number two, I have the Washington football team. I definitely like their secondary as well. I believe Cameron Curl was uh, safety on the all-rookie team last year. Um, also having Landon Collins at safety uh, is a really good option for them as well. And then uh, Kendall Fuller, Jimmy Moreland, William Jackson, guys like that uh, at corner. Um, they're definitely um, improving in that area. I think that they are the second uh, best secondary in this uh, division. And then at number three, I have the Philadelphia Eagles. 
Um, definitely looking at some of their guys. Uh, Darius Slay, obviously. Um, this guy's been an all-pro before. Um, he's definitely really solid for this team. Um, I guess outside of that, um, like Nate mentioned, they were last in a lot of the the um, categories in terms of uh, yards allowed and uh, touchdowns allowed and all, all that sort of thing. So um, they definitely need to improve a little bit, but I still had to have them ahead of Dallas uh, just because um, pretty much the, the amount of points and the amount of um, reception yards that they were allowing. I mean, they still have some good pieces, guys like Trevon Diggs um, and others on this team. Definitely they addressed their secondary in the draft with um, Nashon Wright and uh, Israel uh, Mukamu, and uh, definitely uh, this team should get better. Um, but as of right now, I do have Dallas at number four. Um, and then Terry, just getting to you uh, for secondaries. Secondaries, I believe, I had Giants football team, Eagles, Cowboys. Uh, Giants that came a long way from two years ago with guys like James Bradbury and Jador Jackson. Not to mention at the safety position with guys like Logan Ryan, Jabril Peppers, and Xavier McKinney. With the Washington football team, they do have one of the most dominant front sevens, yet they also deployed one of the special secondaries in the league last year. With guys like Kendall Fuller on the team, not to mention free agency at William Jackson III from Cincinnati. And with third, once upon a time, Darius Slate was considered one of the most dominant CBs in the league. With last year, I believe a lot of the youngsters thought the OC was pulling their legs, but the Philly would do great. They need Slayton to return back to his elite form because most of Philly fans won't be satisfied with the depth behind them with rookies like Zach McPherson and probably Avante Maddox. Plus, uh, I believe they brought Anthony Harris from Minnesota in free agency, so that's a plus. With Dallas, on the other hand, uh, I believe they probably spent a second and a third rounder with guys like Calvin Joseph. That was my mistake for the front seven and the Sean Wright, along with guys like Trayvon Diggs. It sounds like the start of a bright future in Dallas. Uh, they do have to beat Anthony Brown for the starting job. Donovan Wilson and I believe DeMonte Kazee are probably going to be the projected starters for safety. And I know Mente is hoping for, I believe, uh, DeMonte Kazee to return back to 2018 for <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I think that Dallas definitely can move up uh, in terms of secondary. They'll just need to have uh, some rookies sort of step in and just sort of command starting roles there. Um, let's just get to special teams now. Um, this time, Nate, I'm going to start with you. I guess which teams did you see had better special teams? So for special teams, I mostly just looked at um, field goals made. So whoever had the best kicker, I guess, got the better ranking so the eagles they have a really good kicker there so number put them at number one uh washington also has a really good kicker so put them at number two and i put the giants at three and the cowboys at four yeah um definitely um looking at kicking um i guess uh punting as well um a lot of those teams uh the pretty, uh, I think most of the teams are pretty consistent when it came to putting or uh, punting, sorry. And um, yeah, it's uh, this division is pretty close in terms of special teams. I think for me, I had the Giants at number one, and I guess the reason I had them at number one, I just really like what they have, I guess, with Graham Gano, um, then Riley Dixon as their punter. Um, 
Jabril Peppers, in my opinion, is one of the best punt returners in the league. So I definitely um, sort of like what he brings to this Giants team. So I had them at number one. Um, I had the Cowboys at number two, obviously, because of uh, Greg Zerline is one of the best legs in the league, in my opinion. Uh, he's also been a pro bowler. I believe he's also been all pro as well. Um, and then definitely CD Lamb punt returning. Um, definitely really solid for this team. Um, and then uh, number three at the Washington football team, uh, obviously Dustin Hopkins, uh, Tress Way, um, and then Antonio Gibson returning uh, kicks. So uh, definitely pretty solid. And then I had the Philadelphia Eagles at number four. Uh, you mentioned how good Jake Elliott is, but in my opinion, that's pretty much all they have in terms of their um, special team. So I will put the Eagles at number four, but uh, Terry, let me just get to you on special teams. Special teams, uh, where do I start? Hunter Nazwanda, I believe his name is on the Cowboys, probably butchered that. Uh, great punter. Outside of that, they also have Greg Zutherland, a kicker, CD Lamb, I believe at punt returner, and then Tony Pollard returning kicks. So I put them at one. At two, I believe I put Washington football team. Uh, who's on the team? Trust Waite. I believe it was at punted, um, not to mention guys like Dustin Hopkins, Isaiah Wright, Antonio Gibson, respectively being kicker, punt returner, and kickoff returns. And I believe I had Eagles in third with Anarius Simpson, something like that. I apologize for all the butchery. And then Jake Elliott as well on that um, special teams, as well as Greg Ward and Boston Scott. And then I had Giants at fourth with guys like Riley Dixon and then Graham Gano. Not sure if I said that right. As well as guys like Jabril Peppers and Darnay Holmes. All right. And then Mete, just getting to you for special teams. So I had the Cowboys at one for special teams. Uh, they're usually not the best special teams unit, but the addition of John Cassell last season has really helped the special teams in Dallas. Uh, you guys were talking about Zerline and how he's a great kicker, but he also helped us recover a onside kick. So he's helping out the special teams a lot. Uh, you guys talked about Lamb returning punts this year and Pollard returning kicks. So hopefully more touchdowns are coming to the Cowboys special team. And then number two, I have the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, they're a solid special teams unit. Uh, you guys were talking about Jake Elliott. I think Nate was. Uh, he's one of the better kickers in the league, I'd say. And then you talked about Greg Ward returning punts for them and Boston Scott returning kicks. Uh, I like those two as returners, so that's really good. And then number three, I had the Giants. I don't know. I really, I feel like Graham Gano was like uh, the one of the only bright spots they had last season in special teams. Uh, he was one of the top fantasy kickers, actually. And then I guess Jabril Pepper is, is a solid returner. And then uh, number four, I had Washington. They were ranked one of the weaker special teams units last season. Uh, I think they were around 25. So it's kind of concerning. But I do like the fact that Antonio Gibson will be their kick returner. So he'll probably help improve the return game there for sure. All right, let's just get to the coaching now. Um, and I guess I'll start um, 
And I think this might be a little bit surprising, but I went with the New York Giants at number one. It might be a little bit biased, you know, being a Patriots fan, seeing Joe Judge go uh, to the Giants. But I think he's done a really good job with this team. Um, I just think that um, I, I guess the, the vast improvement he's made ever since he's gotten there. It's just been astounding. Uh, he also brought in Jason Garrett to coach the offense and Patrick Graham on the defense. Um, both the offense and the defense are really improving on this team. I think um, if that offensive line can just improve a little bit for the Giants, I think they could be a playoff team this coming year. Um, definitely depends on what the Cowboys do. Um, I have the Washington football team at number two. Uh, Ron Rivera obviously turned this team around last season. Um, he definitely was let go a little bit too soon from Carolina. I felt like he's definitely a solid coach. He definitely needed to be in the league. So Washington made the move to get him. Uh, definitely what Jack Del Rio did with this defense is also very uh, commendable. Um, this defense become one of the best in the league. Um, I have Mike McCarthy at number three for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I just think that things didn't go as planned last year. He definitely can become the best coach in this division. Um, it'll, it'll just depend on what happens. I know definitely hiring Dan Quinn to coach the defense will definitely help. Uh, Kellen Moore was so solid coaching the offense last season. I think definitely they have a pretty decent coaching staff. And then I have the Eagles at number four just because uh, we really don't know um, what um, uh, Nick Sirianni is going to do with this team. Uh, he is pretty new when it comes to uh, coaching. So um, it's really tough to say right now. So I do have them at number four. Um, and then I guess, Terry, just getting to you on, I guess, uh, your order for coaching. Order for coaching, I put Cowboys one, Washington football team two. I had Eagles at three, but then that's before I remembered um, Nariani taking over. So now I'll put Eagles at four, and then I'll put Joe Judge at three. Um, don't really need to say that much with Cowboys. They have a... Uh, Mike McCarthy. Thank you. And then this Riverball run. And then this Riverball run down in Washington football team. Uh, Joe Judge with the Giants and then uh, the guy down in Philly. Uh, Sirianni. I know I, I keep getting his name wrong too. Yeah, Nick Sirianni. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I definitely think that McCarthy sort of had uh, a down year last year. He definitely is a good coach. So uh, definitely um, – something to look at and I guess just getting to you uh, Mete on the coaching yeah I was uh I had the same order with as Terry um I went Dallas one uh, McCarthy has he's the only uh head coach in this division with the ring uh so that's why I went with him and like you were saying uh he was put in a pretty bad situation last year with all the injuries that happened so uh, I'm keeping him at one until I see a full season with Dak. And then number two, I have Washington. Um, like he did a amazing job last year, especially with the circumstances he was in. Like he had a uh, cancer, I believe, and he's still coaching them to a playoff spot. That's unreal. And I can't imagine how hard that was for him. So props to him. And then number three, I went with Joe Judge. Uh, I think it was his first year as a head coach, if I'm not wrong. So he honestly had a pretty good year as well. He was one game away from the playoffs. Uh, I like the fact that Jason Garrett is a offensive coordinator here. Um, if you guys recall, when he was the head coach of uh, the Cowboys, the offense was always amazing, but the defense was lackluster. So 
I think offensive coordinator is a good job for him. And then I put Philadelphia at four because we're not so sure how Nick Sirianni will turn out. Yeah, I think uh, it should be pretty much consensus for the Eagles uh, being down there. But uh, let's just see what Nate thinks. Nate, I guess, who do you have for coaching? So for coaching, I looked mostly at the divisional record. Um, I didn't really uh, take in, like, I guess, like history into account so much. Uh, Cowboys would probably be higher if I did. Uh, so I put um, Washington football team at one because they had the, I guess, best record. I put the Giants at two, the Cowboys at three, and the Eagles at fourth. Yeah, like I said, pretty consensus having the Eagles at fourth. I think that we um, pretty much had a mixed result when it came to, I guess, who was the top coach, which means there are a lot of good coaches in this division. Uh, we'll definitely need to see uh, how things shape out for the year. So I guess uh, we'll start with our, our sort of added totals uh, for everything, um, for every category. Um, I guess, Nate, I'll start with you this time. I guess just overall, uh, what was the order of uh, teams that you ranked? So um, without taking coaching into account, I put um, the Cowboys first with 11th, Washington second with, I guess, 12 points, Eagles um, third overall, and Giants, they're tied with the Eagles fourth overall. But with coaching, um, I guess Washington goes ahead of Cowboys by like one point, and uh, the Giants pull ahead of the Eagles. So uh, you'd have Washington at one, Dallas at two, uh, Giants at three, and Eagles at four. Yeah. All right. And uh, Menti, just getting to you, I guess, for uh, the totals that you had for the division. All right. So I have Dallas at one. Honestly, if their defense can play even at an average level, they should be winning this division for sure. And then Washington is my second best team in this division. Uh, their defense is great. I think their offense needs some work. And then New York Giants are third. They're honestly pretty close to Washington with all their addition. And then Philadelphia fourth. Uh, they're probably not as bad as everyone thinks they'll be, but I think they'll be fourth this year in the division. Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess just looking at my totals, I think uh, in terms of, of the team that uh, finished first, they were, in my opinion, the most balanced between offense and defense. And that was the New York Giants for me. Um, I had Dallas at number two. They were really strong for me in terms of offense, but I guess in defense, I sort of dropped them down a little bit. And then Washington was pretty much the opposite. I had them at third. Their defense was really strong, but I guess their offense was not as strong as the rest of the division. And then I have the Eagles at fourth just because they really didn't stack up in a lot of areas outside of, I guess, their their front seven and offensive lines. I guess a, a lot of their other positions, um, just, there's either a lot of rookies, there's a lot of unproven players, or I guess just players that didn't work out last season. So I think the Eagles have a lot of holes to fill out on their roster. So I have them at number four. And then uh, Terry, just getting to you for your division totals. Division totals from first to fourth, I had Dallas, Washington, uh, New York, and Philly in that order. Any explanation or is that pretty much it? Uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, if you want an explanation, I mean, we all seen what Dallas's offense was in the majority of those games last year before Dak went down. It was high powered and then basically putting up, I forgot how many points. With Washington, tremendous defense. Their talent is getting better with 
the offense. You got Antonio Gibson. He's basically a, uh, you can easily say top 10, maybe top 12 running back in the league. Uh, New England, not New England. Why did I just say that? The Giants. Um, easily Daniel Jones is probably going to come back. Same with Saquon Barkley. Their talent at wideout, it doesn't pop off, but then they do have journeymen that can probably put together a decent wideout court. And their defense, tremendous. With Philly, they have excellent offensive pieces, Devontae uh, Smith and I believe Jalen Hurts, along with Goddard and Sanders. The defense uh, front looks nice, but I don't even know how to explain majority of the defenses right now when it comes to Philly. Well, with Philly, uh, I feel like the help in the secondary is most needed. So that's why I put them in fourth, if that even makes sense. Yeah, I guess if you're thinking of New England when it comes to the Giants, that's definitely not a memory I want to remember. But um, yeah, um, I know you're talking about the Eagles. Uh, let's not forget that first half of the season, they were leading this division before ultimately they they went down the drain in terms of injuries and I guess tanking overall. So I mean, this Eagles team, we might have them in last, but you, I guess we never know how they're going to turn out. Um, and then I guess just getting now to divisional records, um, I guess this time, Terry, I will start with you. I guess, uh, what do you think uh, about divisional records for these teams? So that last part really doesn't mean anything when it comes to the records. Well, outside of the Giants and the Eagles, Washington, I had four and two, the Cowboys five and one, Eagles three and three, and then I had the Giants zero and six, to be honest with you, man. I guess care to explain the zero and six. That's a real good question. Uh, honestly, it goes back to the offensive line. I mean, if you have talent like Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones not getting enough time in the pocket, it goes back to them not getting enough production. If Barkley can't find any holes into the offensive line to get into the uh, defensive linebacker core or even to the secondary, I mean, they're going to have a rough time with Daniel Jones if you're not having more than four seconds in the pocket to find whether it's John Ross, Slayton, or one of the other wideouts. I mean – you're going to get sacked a lot of times. And I feel like the offensive line is going to haunt them this year, unless, as I said, they have career years. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think 0-6 is a little harsh, but I do get where you are coming from. Uh, Mete, just getting to you for your divisional records for NFC East. Okay, so Cowboys, I went 4-2. and two. I was really thinking about going 6-0, but... I didn't want people calling me delusional, so <laughs> I think they'll lose to New York and uh, Washington. And then Washington and New York, I have them both at 3-3. Three and three. I think they'll split with Dallas, New York, and Philly. Same for the Giants. I think they'll uh, split with Dallas, Washington, and uh, Philly. And then, wait, what did I say? I For Washington... I meant Dallas, New York, and Philly, sorry. And then for Philly, I went two and four. I think they'll get swept by Dallas, and they'll split with Philadelphia and Washington. Yeah, um, I think six and oh actually is possible if Dallas can get healthy. Um, I'm just being honest, but um, I guess just looking at mine, um, I had Dallas going three and three, and until I realized that the last game, was probably a game if they're in first place they might not they might rest their starters and that game's against the Eagles so I put that as a loss they would have been four and two um 
yeah, um, I definitely think that they'll be each team once. And if they're not resting their starters, they'll beat the Eagles both times as well. Um, Giants had four and two. I really like this team, as you guys might have noticed. Um, whether it's from coaching, whether it's from depth, obviously their main concern is the offensive line, obviously. But outside of that, I think they have a very solid team. Um, if healthy, and I think that they can definitely uh, do well. So I have them beating the Eagles twice and then getting one um, versus the Cowboys and uh, in Washington. Um, and then uh, for the football team, three and three, um, pretty straightforward. They get a win against each team and they take a loss against each team. And then for the, the Eagles, I have them going uh, two and four. Um, they would have gone one and five if it wasn't uh, for that game that I switched between them and Dallas. So I would have had the Cowboys beating them twice, but in case they rest players, I gave that win to the Eagles. So they beat Washington once and Dallas once, and they lose um, in Dallas, in New York, uh, against the Giants, and uh, they also lose in Washington. So um, definitely projecting a rough year for the Eagles, but uh, I guess we'll definitely have to see what happens. I guess uh, any last thoughts? I guess, Terry, I'll start with you. Honestly, uh as I usually say, when it comes to these ranking videos, uh, everyone has their different criteria. I can't really judge y'all on what you say is a positive because I might consider it a negative. Negative. It's, everyone has their different criteria as I'm going to summarize it. Yeah, I definitely think so. I think that uh, some of us, uh, we just go straight off depth charts. Some of us go off stats. Some of us go off certain categories, um, whether it's like completion percentages, field goals made, that kind of thing. Some of us go by like Pro Bowl appearances. Like there's so many ways to categorize these teams. I guess you never really know until the season starts. Um, and I guess, Mete, any other last thoughts on this division? Uh, I mean, they were such a bad division last year that I think they got to be better this year. Um, hopefully the division winner this year will have a winning record. <laughs> Well, I mean, with 17 games now, I mean, you expect maybe a 10-win team to come from this division. But um, I don't know. With this division, it's just like um, a different team has won, I'd say, in the past like five or six years, something like that. So I'm thinking maybe Washington doesn't win it. Maybe it's like either the Cowboys or the Giants, uh, that type of thing. So I, I kind of see those two teams as maybe one of those two is going to take the, the division. And I guess, Nate, any last thoughts from you? Um, I feel like this is a division where pretty much um, anything can happen. Um, even though the Eagles, um, I'm feeling like they have the weakest chance to, I guess, make it to the playoffs. They even they still even they still have a chance. And I guess um, this is kind of a division where it's really hard to predict what's going to happen. Um, there have been a lot of injuries um, for the past few years. And a team like the Giants, um, they, they're either uh, really good or they'll be, I guess, struggling depending on if Saquon Barkley is healthy, if Daniel Jones is healthy. Um, the Cowboys, they could potentially win the entire division as long as Dak Prescott is still healthy as well. Yeah, I was just looking at some of the schedules uh, earlier and I noticed that the Eagles have five divisional games out of their last six games. So this team could maybe like go from like a, a three or four win team and jump up to like a, an eight or nine win team and potentially make a play for the division. I guess that's just something to think about. 
Uh, the Eagles don't even have to be spectacular for most of the first part of their season. And they'd probably still be in position to even make a play at the division with how many uh, division divisional games they have there at the end. So uh, it's definitely something to look at as well. And um, I guess that's going to wrap up this uh, Fantasy Fanatics uh, football episode. Um, it was sort of a preview of the NFC East division. Um, I guess don't forget to um, uh, follow us on Twitter, uh, Instagram, at FanFanPodcast. We post pics for games. We post other content. Definitely give us a follow there. Uh, for this podcast, we're on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Like, subscribe, share. Definitely click the bell for notifications on YouTube. Uh, leave us a review. All that good stuff. And uh, Nate, uh, Mete, Terry, thanks again, guys. And we'll talk to you on the next episode. Thank you.